Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to USA Global TV and Radio, where we are soon approaching this week our six-month anniversary. We currently have 27 live broadcasts each week, and we're going into the 30s very shortly. And that's all because of you. So thank you. Whether you're watching or listening, whether it's on the live or the replay, we are just glad to have you. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I am the founder and president of USA Global TV, and I am thrilled that you are here today. Joining me, as always, is my friend and colleague. He is, in addition to being a co-host here for The Wise Ones, he's one of our expert presenters on our Talking Heads platform. He is a certified elevated listener. He's on our listening team, and he's very soon going to start his own panel show about health. Let's welcome Red O'Loughlin to the program. Hi, Red. Hey, Dr. Jacqueline. Good to see you again. Sorry I missed you last week, but uh, things happen. It's good to have you back, Red. And we've got a fabulous guest backstage. But before we bring her out, for people who are joining us for the first time, whether they're listening or watching, please give us a little bit of your very long list of accomplishments. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you help other people. Okay, I'm a writer. I write almost every day. I get about 1,500 blogs on my website, nearly 1,000 uh, articles, original content on LinkedIn. Uh, Red O'Loughlin, uh, you can find me pretty easily on most social media channels. I speak a lot. My preferred topics are on health and wellness. My niche is longevity. I research the human body at the cellular level. I look for cause and effect relationships, chemically speaking. If you treat a cause, you'll fix a problem. Treat a symptom, you'll always be treating symptoms. And I'll look to find out what causes this particular molecule to respond to something else. And when you understand the chain of events, what is actually happening, and that if you do this, it stops it from happening or it slows it down, then you have control over a lot of things in your life. As we get older, a lot of our systems seem to go awry, but they don't have to. So what I write about, what I read about, what I speak about, what I research is all about what happens in the human body and what can we do about it. And those are the things. I have a couple of books out there that talk about aging, what causes you to age. There's a couple of primary causes and there's a lot of factors. Uh, I also help new authors get their books written. I've been working now with Dr. Jacqueline for a little over a year or so, and uh, she's gotten two books done and they both became number one best-selling authors on Amazon. And so I have in that business of publishing, independent publisher. So if you have any questions whatsoever on that, uh, please contact me on the Talking Heads program and the archives of USA Global TV and Radio. Uh, there is a section that I did how to write a book and publish it for free. There are six, uh, six different sessions back there that I go in from the very, very beginning, a conceptual level, all the way out to, okay, you got the book in your hand, what do you do with it? So if you need some help, that information is available in the archives. And now back to Dr. Jacqueline. <laughs> Thank you very much, Red. Just one uh, comment before we bring out Ann Charles. I was referencing you yesterday on fashion, travel, and fitness because I really have changed my life and my lifestyle based on what I've learned from you in your Talking Head series. So I've completely changed how I eat. I'm doing intermittent fasting every day. I think I'm in my fourth month. And as you know, I have three autoimmune diseases and all of them are at bay. And I believe it's because of what I have learned from you. So thank you, sir. I feel so honored. Thank you so very much for saying that. It's very true. All right. Let's bring out our guest who is joining us from the great state of Arizona. Her name is Ann Charles, and she is a USA Today best-selling author of humor and mystery fiction. Let's welcome her now. Hi. Welcome, Ann. Hi. Thanks for having me today. It's our pleasure. And by the way, I love some of the information I read about you, uh, about 
the work that you do and when you're not working about your cats and about your husband. And I think you just have a great disposition and demeanor. Oh, I, I try to. Um, yeah, it's the, you know, I'm in the thick of uh, wonderful teenagers most of the time. Uh, they're teenagers. They're testing, you know, the limits, which is which is fun and interesting. Uh, but and I'm also at that age when my parents are starting to kind of lean back on on us a little bit more. And so, you know, for a long time, I heard many other friends of mine that were a little older talk about being in the sandwich years. And I, I think I'm in the thick of that now, right in the middle of the whole thing, you know, so it's it's an adventure. And I use the cats I have to de-stress and have fun and enjoy just watching them lay around and be lazy and wish that could be me. It's interesting how you raise your kids they get through high school, you get them to college, and then finally they go out and have a life of their own. And when you're finally ready to take a deep breath and relax, then your parents' health or other issues start to become, and you're saying, oh, my goodness, I thought I was going to have a chance to finally relax. And, <laughs> I know. And that's yeah. that's life. That's 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 what's there. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's part of it. And it's such a different stress than when I'm dealing with the teenagers and what's going on in their life um, to turn around. And it's so different with my uh, parents because it's, of course, it's my parent and I'm not used to being that caretaker. They're the caretaker. And so that role reversal is very different. Um, and it's a whole new kind of anxiety and stress and I have to grow up finally, you know, there's no more feeling like you're the kid still you, you're the adult fully. And, and that's pretty hard sometimes. Are your parents nearby? Uh, no, uh, I I'm in Arizona and I, my parents divorced when I was quite young and, and my father lives in Ohio and my mother lives in South Dakota. And then my mother-in-law lives up in Washington. So when we go to help with stuff, we don't get to just go, you know, a couple houses down. We we have to mean it. And and last year, for example, we went up to Washington four times. We drove it because we like to drive, um, and we needed vehicles for what we needed to do. And so we did many drives, clear up to Washington and back, and up and back every time the kids had a school break. And that was to help, you know, shift her into a place where that's more convenient for her and works for her. But that's just one example and all the stress that comes with that. And then, you know, this year my son's a senior. So I said the other night, senior pictures. Oh my gosh. Is that still a thing? <laughs> do we need to worry about that right now? I think we do. So yeah, just trying to, it's a juggle, you know, you're just juggling all the time, but it, it makes life interesting. How many kids do you have? Just two. Okay. Just two. I don't think I can and, handle any more than that at this point. <laughs> and I can tell that you have this wit and this great sense of humor to you. How do you incorporate what's going on in your life, if you do, into your writing? Well, one of the things I've learned since very young, as I said, my parents divorced when I was very um, young. I was three and a half, I believe. And it was not a nice, friendly, easygoing thing. It was pretty roller coastery. And there was a lot of stress and anxiety that came from that and going back and forth with parents as I grew up. Uh, and I like to think of that time as um, a really good uh, way to learn how to handle anxiety and stress. And what me and my siblings tended to do was we turned it into humor. Uh, and found that, you know, yes, it's painful right now, but give it a week and we can probably laugh about it, you know, and give it a month and we can surely laugh about it. And in years, it's, you know, kind of, oh, boy, that was some crazy times. So I like to do that in story, uh, put the characters under stress. Uh, I, I'm much more character driven with with my stories. It's not, you know, like a, a hard boiled mystery where it's all about the crime my stories are about the characters and, and living through the crimes and trying to deal with it and figure things out. And the funny things that they go through as they deal with some sometimes horrific things, you know, and how they handle heartbreak and how they handle scary things, you know, and just laughing when, when it's appropriate, laughing through that, you know, those trials. And I think that's um, one of the things that appeals to the readers that like my stories is that uh, I often get an email saying, 
you know, I was dealing with my parent in the hospital and my mother was passing or my father was really bad. And I just needed a break from that constant, you know, pain and, and what I was dealing with or I was divorcing and you make me laugh. You take me away. Uh, the characters are so real. It feels like I know them and I laugh and it takes my mind off this other thing I'm dealing with. And it helps me to find a way to deal with it with humor. And that's really what I, I hope that the books do for anyone reading them is make them laugh, make them cringe a little bit. Um, and then go forth and go out in the world and live and deal with, you know, the things that come flying at us or when life beats us with a fly swatter, you know. You have a variety of different kinds of books. How did how did your original writing kind of evolve into what you have today? I started out way back in the late 1990s. I was going to say 1900s, and I guess that's true. <laughs> it sounds horrible, doesn't it? But in the late 1990s, uh, I started out... Um, I, I read a lot of, I read a big mixture. I read Westerns, I read Stephen King, I read romances and I had finished a romance and I thought I want to, I don't love the ending. It's a happily ever after, but I think, I think it could have been done differently. That would have been more satisfying for me. And so I, I went out there thinking I'm going to, you know, start trying to write what the books I wanted to read, you know, start writing a, a romance with an ending I like. So I did write a romance and it was horrible horrible. But I finished it. I polished it up as best I knew at that time. And I sent it off to an editor and um, or a publishing house. And they very kindly rejected me and told me, you know, you have potential. Don't give up. Keep trying. And I was naive enough to go, I think they mean it. And so I kept trying and I, I it kept evolving. You know, it was three books in I was hunting for agents. I was doing the regular thing you do when you're trying to get in with a big publisher way back then. And I just struggled with enough angst in my romances. They would tell me, you need to emote more. <laughs> I was like, how much more emoting can I possibly do? You know, it was crazy. And then I realized that's not what I'm good at. So leave the emoting to the professional romance writers who are good at it. For me, let's try throwing in a dead body or two and see how that works. And it just shifted me by moving into mystery with romance. It made all the difference. And then adding the humor felt so much more like me. And, you know, not that I face off or deal with dead bodies in my daily life, thankfully, but that whole, all that comes with trauma or angst or, you know, all that good stuff and, and laughing my way through the troubles in life that just felt so right. So then I started building stories with, you know, that mystery romance mix. But the big publishers told me, you got to pick a team. You can't keep doing both. You know, there's no 50-50 in this. You write mysteries or you write romances. And I said, I can't, you know, and then they were like, well, what is this humor thing you've got going in here? <laughs> it was just this crazy genre mix. And in the end, I said, this is what comes out, you know, and um, I did get, um, I did go up through the chains in, a, in one of the big publishing houses through the editing and up to the final acquisitions. And I was rejected by marketing at that point, which was a real heartbreaker. But in the end, I think it was a good thing because that's when I said, okay, I, I have learned so much about marketing by this point, And I had studied a lot and read a lot of books that I thought, I, I think I can do this. And so, and, and I was offered, you know, we love your writing style. Would you consider writing this book based on this template? And I said, I can't even follow my own outlines, you know, after the first turning point. So there's no way I can, I can follow what you want. We're just going to fight through a whole book worth of writing and it's going to be ugly. So let's just not even do that. And so I went and I took that first book, which was, um, it wasn't my first written. It was actually the seventh book I'd written nearly departed in Deadwood. Uh, and I took that that had been rejected by the marketing team and went live because by at that point it was early 2011 and Amazon and eBooks and independent authors was really building and going strong. So I was fortunate to get in, in the early, you know, early waves of independent publishing. And I did, I had formed a small press with um, my agent at the time, which I ended up leaving a few years later due to, I couldn't, I couldn't be a publisher and an author and a mother and a wife, you know, there was just too much. I couldn't do it all. So I gave up the publishing part and just went to being an independent author. 
uh, you know, and, and went forward from there. Like Thank you for sharing that. Um, I was going to pull up our, our, your website now. How do you feel about that? That's, I, that's good. That's fine. That's great. Okay. Perfect. And then I want to talk about uh, the work that you're doing with your spouse. Oh, okay. That's fun. Okay. Very good. All right. Let's take a look at your website and can you see that? Yes, I can. Okay. Great. So if you can just tell me where you'd like us to go, that would be fine. I'll scroll well, over down. Sure. If you scroll. Okay. So, you know, up in the top, we're putting, of course, in the marquee, all the newest stuff usually our stuff we have on sale. So if you'll scroll down just a little on that page. So one of the things I, I have um, off on the side, I'm not going to say left or right, because I'm not great with my left or right. So off to the side, not the side with my picture, but the other, you'll see shop for Anne's autograph books and shop at Anne's Zazzle store. The top one, the autograph books, I actually do have an online store. I am with all the big retailers, you know, um, ebook vendors, as well as print, as well as audio. But we do sell stuff out of my store, too, because then I can autograph the books and do private. You know, a lot of people will write and want something certain written for their so their friend who's, re, you know, a reader or some, you know, private message. So I, I do it there and I have a store that we, we do it all through with the physical books. But if you'll go back up to the top now. Okay. Page. Uh, and if when I send people to my website to look at stuff, I usually send them to books um and and say okay go down there and if you'll scroll down just a little we have i think six boxes and then the future and other books below it so i have five series the holiday tales in the middle bottom that's just the different books i have that cover different holiday times so if you're just in the mood for something holiday you can go there and it's books from all the different series that you know pertain to different holidays but the outer ones those are the five ongoing series that i'm i'm currently working on um and then future books of course i keep what's coming what i'm working on next and other books are um they're not part of a series they're more individual or individual uh, combination print books that kind of a thing so it's not really it's not that much different it's just i think i have one other series that i'd like to write uh, a Nevada ghost kind of paranormal or I guess supernatural series, but I have yet to find the spare time to touch that. So uh, anyway, so I send people here to let them choose which series they want to start with, um, what appeals to them. Uh, if you want to click, you were going to talk to me with the, uh, about the books with my husband. So if you want to pick the Deadwood Undertaker series that's in the top corner off to the side, that one, yeah, if you click that, then this takes us to, and they're, they're more, um, the, the first books are at the bottom and then like the Christmas Carol was the latest release and it goes in order backwards. So two and one. So these are the, this is the series that my husband and I write together. Uh, and it's, it's a prequel series to my Deadwood mystery series, which is the, the biggest seller that I have of all the different series that one's, you know, sells the most. So this is, uh, and that's a contemporary set in Deadwood, South Dakota. And it is the same Deadwood as that, you know, the HBO series, uh, which is a real town and a real history and all kinds of great stuff up there. But this series then happened back in the 1870s in Deadwood when gold was discovered and all that stuff that, you know, happened way back then went on. And it is supernatural and it does share the same supernatural world with the contemporary one. This is just what happened in the past. And because the contemporary is supernatural, there are ghosts, there are, you know, other creatures. And the fun thing is getting to cross over with those where I may have a ghost in the present day one. Here you'll meet the real person when they were alive and what they were like. So it's really fun to get to do a crossover that way, which, you know, I, I have crossovers in almost all my series. But this is the first I've ever crossed over with more of the supernatural element. Have you ever run into any ghosts yourself? I think I'm a dud. Although I have had some things happen uh, and some crazy stuff happen over the years. And every year we have a fan party in Deadwood, South Dakota, where people come from all over and we spend about a week um, and we have book signings and we do paranormal investigations and we do all kinds of fun stuff together. And I have had several experiences there where before when I really thought I was a dead, then I think maybe I just need to work on trying to open my mind a little bit more to things because there are certainly all the signs and the weird things happening. Um, but I've, I've always been more practical, I think. And, and so 
I, I love it. I love the supernatural and then, you know, all that comes with, and I've met so many mediums and I do believe that they can, you know, they have extra senses or something because the things they can pick up are amazing or the things they know. So I just don't think I have that, but I love to write about it. My daughter used to work in the Texas prison system mm. and she has a couple more than a couple, but she has a couple she's talked about where everybody's locked up. She's walking down the middle of the, this long and there's a prisoner out there walking in front of her. He walks oh, right through wow. the wall. Wow. Uh, See, I, no there's, one. And there's she's out there on stuff. guard duty and they, you know, he's playing with her. The ghost is playing with her hair. Oh, uh, wow. She has long blonde hair like you do. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's just, it's interesting because there are some places that they, ghosts seem to be really physically present. Right, right. Well, And if you talk to, if you ever go to Deadwood, South Dakota, that area, uh, the times were so rough back in the 80s. I mean, it was gold rush town. There were murders. There were all kinds of things going on um, and tragedies. And it, <laughs> you go to Deadwood and you go to all these historic buildings, which are amazing. And you'll hear time and this is haunted and by so-and-so. And so I have fun with that in the, in the series, my character in the contemporary version, the Deadwood series, she's a Dutch. She doesn't see ghosts where people around her do. And so as a reader, we're only ever in her head. So as a reader, we're with her on, um, is, is that really, is that person really seeing a ghost or is, are they just crazy, you know, or is there something <laughs> weird going on? So I, I had fun with that. You being only in Violet's head and you deciding, is this really a ghost or is it not? Um, but hers is a supernatural series. And so from the start early on, you think, there's something off about Violet. Um, and she doesn't believe in ghosts at the beginning. Uh, you know, but you, you sense there's something odd about her. And so as the stories continue to go, as the series builds, you learn uh, what she does have. While she may not see ghosts, you know, she can see other things. And, and so it's kind of fun to slowly build that, mixing in humor and mystery and suspense and romance all together, you know, um, and I've met so I've been in so many buildings that have been that are haunted. Um, and while I might not see anything, I can certainly believe it. And I would not want to be there in the dark. I'm a big chicken. So <laughs> I would, at night I'd be running out screaming outside going, ah, OK, that's enough. And I I love how you were told by the big publishers, you can't do this. You can't put this with this. And you're like, yeah, I already did it. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> So I think there's a big message for people out there that don't listen to what people tell you. You can find a way to make it happen if it's really your passion. Right. It, it just meant, okay, the journey I'm going to go on now, uh, you know, that, that I've been on, it hit a big fork in the road. And I thought we were going to go that way and, and do this with big publishing world life that I'd learned so much about growing into author, you know, growing into writing and all the stuff I'd learned and studied as I you know, improved my skills. It was a, oh, we're going to go that way. And it's a jungle and it's thick and you can't see it beyond the, you know, what the edge of the tree line, but this is the way we're going. So get ready. And it's going to be an adventure. And it has been a crazy wild adventure, but amazing at the same time. Um, things have happened that I never really thought would happen along the way, especially as a, you know, more independent author. Um, I, it was years ago. It was back in like 2013 or 2014. My mom called me and said, uh, she's so excited. She, she was in South Dakota. I was over in Washington at the time living. And she said, you're on jeopardy. And I said, no, I'm at work. <laughs> I was working a tech writer job. I said, I'm not watching jeopardy right now, mom. She said, no, you're on jeopardy. And I said, no, I, I, what are you talking about? I think I would know if I was on Jeopardy. I, I'm not smart enough to be on Jeopardy for one thing. And so I would have told you. She goes, you don't understand. You are a question on Jeopardy. And I was like, what are you even talking about? And she she said, my friends from the East Coast are calling me, telling me there's a question about Anne Charles writes books in this town in South Dakota, this dead or this, you know, morbid sounding town in South Dakota. And it was what is Deadwood? And I just happened to have a series and and um, the crew, the Jeopardy writers or whatever, the crew were going through different states, I think, or something and pulling out things about a different state. 
And I was fortunate enough to get on there. And so I never thought I would ever hear my name come out of Alex Trebek's mouth. But wow, I mean, that's just, and I'll tell authors that and say, you know, I've won a lot of wonderful awards that I, I wouldn't have ever thought I could do. So just keep your mind open to what your journey might bring your way and, and keep things going, keep your options open. Because if you don't try, if you don't put yourself out there, things like that will never happen to you. So um, it, it's been a, it's been such an adventure and such a wonderful way of finding people that share my sense of humor. And I love getting to see those people in Deadwood every year or meet new ones at book signings. Um, we share a sense of humor that takes us a long way. Then we could sit together. We could live on a deserted island together for a little bit, I figure, and have a good time while we're at it. How cool is that? Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Awesome. It was, and, and yeah, every, they do re, reruns and I'll get emails whenever reruns goes through and they'll say, I saw you on Jeopardy. And I'm like, isn't that amazing? <laughs> I, I don't even, I had no control over that. That just happened. So, but I was out there. I had put myself out there and tried something that even though marketing department said, we don't think you have a big enough audience for this series because it's set in the Midwest. I still did. It still worked. So just persevere, determination, all that stuff wrapped together and keep trying. Great Dr. Message. Jacqueline, about time for our uh, break for the show today? Yes, you read my mind. We are going to take a break and hear from some of our sponsors, and then we'll be right back. So do stay with us. Take a moment. 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 So I've had the privilege of photographing some incredible people over the years. And during each shoot, I've asked the subject to close their eyes and take themselves to a peaceful place just for a few seconds. I've found that this really helps to refresh the energy between the camera and the subject. They had an energy that was quite special and quite different from the rest of the shoot. The collection grew and now it feels the right time to use it for something good. I think it'd be amazing if we could help to raise awareness and involve people in the discussion about mental health. So what we're asking to do is for everyone to upload their own self-portraits. All of these portraits will become part of a massive artwork. I'm really excited to see this project go from hundreds of pictures to thousands of pictures. Essentially, uh, an ever-evolving artwork that says we're all in this together. Close your eyes and take a moment. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, and you really want to show it, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Bring me sunshine in your smile. Bring me laughter all the while. In this world where we live, there should be more happiness. So much joy you can give to each brand new bright tomorrow. What are you going to do today? I'm going to go run around about your shoes. <laughs> Make me happy through the years. Never bring me any let your arms be as warm as the sun from up above bring me fun bring me sunshine bring me 
welcome back to USA Global TV and Radio. Our show today is The Corner Bookstore. Let's get back to the show and welcome Red O'Loughlin and Ann Charles. Hello. Uh, last commercial is the first time I saw that one on suicide. That's very sobering, isn't it? Very. Yes. It really is. It's uh, we, we talk a lot on this platform on various shows about suicide awareness, mental health challenges and what somebody shared that with me and i thought you know this is something i need to play on a regular basis because people just don't they don't get it and you know it's interesting speaking about humor we know there are comedians who have taken their own lives and mm -hmm. so uh humor plays a, a big role in our mental health awareness yet some of the people who are so proficient so good with it are also feeling depression and anxiety Right. And, and like I had said earlier, the reason I think I have humor is because I started off with um, my parents' divorce, which was not good. And I think out of that um, anxiety and the struggles and the heart you know, break that came as a young child dealing with that, I developed a sense of humor to handle it. So I, I saw something once about comedians where, it, you know, um, said many of them do come from some pretty tragic upbringings and it's how they deal with, you know, what they dealt with in their past, how they handle it is their humor. And I can re relate with that 100%. You were describing your writings a little while ago where you inject the humor into the mystery, into the whatever you happen to have. And the first thing that popped in my mind was Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he has an actor who just, can't seem to not be able to inject some <laughs> level of right. you know, no matter what's going on i'm just okay so there's you know it's things happen and then and just that's that's who we are it's just it's amazing and and you can capture that in the characters you write about so obviously it's coming from here going into here and then ending up you know spread around around the world so to speak right and and probably like Ryan, there's, it's a very um, uh, addictive kind of feeling to make somebody laugh. There is such a, at least for me, I, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but it lifts me up so much if I can make you laugh or smile or chuckle. Um, and I mean, it's around the house, I'm joking, uh, family, everything. I'm always, you know, there are times when I'm not, of course, I'm not always making a joke, but um, many times when I'm talking to myself alone at home, I'm making myself laugh. I'm saying things in weird voices just to just keep lifting me up. And and that laughter, that feeling that comes with that is, is something that I truly enjoy. It's part of my happy place, I think, to keep me going in spite of some crazy things going on in the world. And you well, I think it's earlier. truly a Go ahead, Dr. Jacqueline. Sorry, I was going to say that's truly a gift to be able to make people laugh. And I, I know I really appreciate that. I'm smiling a lot on this program. And thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. It's it's fun. I mean, if you if you don't take yourself too seriously most of the time, you can really have a good time in this life. And it's such a short life. So I, I think if we can laugh as much as we can, you know, um, it, it can make life so much easier, the struggles. Um through the tough times and the fun times, even more fun because they were filled with laughter. And you mentioned you had received uh, many awards over the years as being an author. Which one are you most proud of? Wow, that's tough because I, I've been very fortunate to um, have different books with different awards and um, different things uh, given, you know, for the different books and writing I've done. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I haven't ever thought about that before. I'm sorry. I don't have a great answer for that because every new, every time I, I receive a reward for something new, it's not old hat for me. It's not like, oh, well, here's just another thing to go on my shelf. I'm always like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I'm so excited that this story was recognized and I cheer for the characters, you know, and the story that it is. And yay, this story hit, you know, it made a difference. And I really try with each book. I try to, I mean, I use different plots, uh, I mean, different themes. And I, I really try to change the way each story feels so you don't feel like you're reading the same book over and over. I use different styles that I study in movies and, and different 
ways of delivering the story and different methods just to try to keep it exciting for the readers too and make it fun. USA, uh, USA Today is a very hard award to get. And obviously you're a USA Today bestselling author. Uh, is that something that just kind of happened or was that a project that you kind of worked on or what? How did that Oh boy. I, I, it had happened and it was, I had it happen and it wasn't till a year and a half later that I finally realized. And I only knew it happened because I was applying for BookBub's um, ads. Those are many who write books know that's a big, you know, ad base thing. And they, I, you know, getting accepted each time. But then I, I got this one and they, when they published it, they said, U.S. Today award-winning author Ann Charles, and this is the book. And I went, hmm, do they know they just messed that up? They just gave me that, you know, USA Today bestseller, and that's not true. And so I called a friend and said, do I tell them? Do I write to BookBub? Because you don't want to make BookBub upset and say, hey, you're wrong. You know, this isn't me. And she said, let it go. Just let it go. They'll fix it the next time you get one. So it was like three months later, I landed another one. And when they published, they said, U.S. Today award-winning author Ann Charles. And I was like, oh, I got to tell them. I got, they've got me in a database wrong. I've got to let them know. And I contacted another friend and she said, hold on. Let me go look at the USA Today archives, you know, and see if you did win by chance. And she comes back and it was a year and a half prior. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could have been promoting with that. I could have been using that in so many ways. You know, if you know marketing, you need all these things help you so much. And the whole time I had no idea. And BookBub had to inform me of that. So it was, uh, it was a huge surprise. It was a wonderful surprise. It was a funny surprise because I'm such a dunce when it comes to paying attention to that kind of thing. I just kept writing and telling stories. I, I don't often stop and look at my numbers. I'm not very left-brained in that way to pay attention to all the details. I just keep trying to write books to make the readers happy. So it was a wonderful surprise. And, and I'm so honored that I and, and thankful to the readers that helped me get on that list. And do you think, had you known about that award at the time, how would that have changed what you were doing, if at all? I probably would have drank tequila a lot that <laughs> night and celebrated and just told the whole online world about it instead of a year and a half later going, oh, well, a year and a half ago, I was on the USA Today bestseller list. Woohoo! And people are like, well, why didn't you celebrate it then? <laughs> so, um, no, it would have, I do a ton of marketing. Uh, anybody who writes books and does this knows that marketing is key um, to getting your name out there, promotion, marketing, all that stuff. And I have really spent years and years schooling myself in marketing and learning and studying different people, different nonfiction authors a lot too, because they really get their platform down. They're amazing. So, Anyway, um, I would have used it more to help build, you know, the Ann Charles uh, fan base, all that, you know, a little bit quicker, maybe. I don't know. But it's very Ann Charles to not have known about it for an extra year and a half. That's just so <laughs> it fits right in with my storytelling. That's how life goes. Which book is the one that actually got on the USA bestselling list? Oh, I wish I had it with me. It's the fourth book in the Deadwood mystery series. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, you're going to have to give me a minute because now for some reason it's it's gone. Oh, I might be able to pull it up here. Let me look. I have a book so I could. Um, yes, Better Off Dead in Deadwood. Sorry. And I'd like to take the names of the titles. I don't know if you can see how I cross off the D in nearly or, and made it nearly departed. That one's, it looks like Better Off wed which is a zombie wedding play that's in the book that they're doing but then we cross off the w and wed and make it better off dead in deadwood and there are zombies but they're not real but they're in the play so they look kind of scary real they're just fun on the side and as i have you on spotlight and we're about to close out this show would you like to read from one of your books for us oh boy i could oh. The I could read the very first. I have one of them here. I have the Nearly Departed uh, in Deadwood book in front of me. That's the only one I happen to grab. And I could just read a short bit. But how long do you want me to? Just a couple of paragraphs. You can read a page. Okay. Um, and there is the word ass in here. So I apologize in advance. But um, 
this is uh, this, the way that my writing is. Okay, so chapter one. The first time I came to Deadwood, I got shot in the ass. Now, 25 years later, as I stared into the double barrels of old man Harvey's shotgun, irony was having a fiesta, and I was the piñata. I tried to produce a polite smile, but my cheeks had petrified along with my heart. You wouldn't shoot a girl, would you? Old man Harvey snorted, his whole face contorting with the effort. Lady, I'd blow the damn Easter Bunny's head off if he was trying to take what's mine. He cocked his shotgun, his version of an exclamation mark. Whoa, I would have gulped had there been any spit left in my mouth. I'm not here to take anything. He replied by aiming those two barrels at my chest instead of my face. I'm with Calamity Jane Realty, I swear. I came to, with Harvey threatening to fill my lungs with peepholes, I had trouble remembering why I'd driven out to this corner of the boonies. Oh yeah, lowering one of my hands, I held out my crushed business card. I want to help you sell your ranch. The double barrels clinked against one of the buttons on my Rebecca Taylor knockoff jacket as Harvey grabbed my card. I swallowed a squawk of panic and willed the soles of my boots to unglue from the floorboards of Harvey's front porch and retreat. Unfortunately, my brain's direct line to my feet was experiencing technical difficulties. Harvey's squint relaxed. Violet Parker, huh? That's me. My voice sounded pipsqueaky in my own ears. I couldn't help it. Guns made my thighs wobbly and my bladder heavy. Had I not made a pit stop at Gertie's Grill for a buffalo burger and paid a visit to the little hen's room, I'd have a puddle in the bottom of my favorite cowboy boots right now. Your boots match your name. What's a broker associate? It's someone who's going to lose her job if she doesn't sell a house in the next three weeks. I lowered my other hand. I'd been with Calamity Jane Realty for a little over two months and had yet to make a single sale. So much for my radical life-changing leap into a new career. If I didn't make a sale before my probation was up, I'd have to drag my kids back down to the prairie and bunk with my parents. Again. You're a lot prettier in this here picture with your hair down. So I've been told. Old man Harvey seemed to be channeling my nine-year-old daughter today. Lucky me. Makes you look younger, like a fine heifer. I cocked my head to the side, unsure if I'd just been tossed a compliment or slapped with an insult. The shotgun dipped to my belly button as he held the card out for me to take. Keep it. I have plenty. A whole box full. They helped fill the lone drawer in my desk back at Calamity Jane Realty. So that asshole from the bank didn't send you? No. An asshole from my office had. And the jerk would be extracting his balls from his esophagus for this so-called generous referral if I made it back to Calamity Jane's without looking like a human sieve. That's good. That's a start. Oh, thanks. I haven't was, read that. that was, I haven't read that book in a long time. So that was like, okay, here we go. That was great. I found myself wanting to know more. I have to go. Oh. Ahead. And so to start reading your books, what would you recommend? I know through the different series, but anything that you would suggest for me? It depends on what you're, what you like. So the Deadwood Mystery Series is supernatural, mystery, humor, romance, uh, Lots of humor all mixed up together. So if you like a little bit of supernatural, it starts out slow. You don't get slammed with a bunch of, you know, supernatural creatures, that kind of thing and ghosts. It's a slow build, which is kind of fun because mm -hmm. it's I'm writing this fall, I'll be writing book 13 in that series. So it just keeps, you know, moving along. Uh, if you like more um, suspense, humor, uh, adventure, treasure hunting, then I have uh, my Jackrabbit Junction Mystery Series, and this is the first one. I can't, there we go, Dance of the Winnebago's. Um, this is the Morgan Sisters, and it starts off with just the first of three sisters, Claire, her story, and then with each book, you get the, the different sisters coming in, but it's all still Claire, and this is third-person point of view, so there's more than one head you're in, um, so it's, it's a lot more suspense. They're really isn't supernatural in this series, but we do have character crossovers where there's characters in the Deadwood series um, that come down to the Arizona desert. And um, so I, I have fun with having, you know, the characters go back and forth some into the two different worlds and, and playing around. Uh, and if you want the more Western, Old West, uh, but then Supernatural mixed in with, you know, the humor and the fun. Then there's my series that I co-write with Sam Lucky, my husband, called the Deadwood Undertaker series. And that one, um, like I said, it's it's Western because it's set back. It's more historical. And my husband does a great amount of research um, to get all the little details right. Because if you're writing historicals, 
you have to do it correctly. You, you can't just wing it. People, it'll drive your readers nuts if you wing it. So you have to make sure your dates are accurate and what, what was available, what products, what types of guns were there, what kind of, you know, what kind of stoves they had to cook from. All that stuff has to be really researched. So if you like that, there's that series. And then I have an archaeological series, the Dig Site series, that is supernatural mixed with archaeology um, set down in Mexico. So if you like that Indiana Jones kind of thing, which I love, uh, there's that series. So many great ones to choose from. <laughs> I love it. Well, How many it's, books in total, have you written so far? So on my own, I'm getting ready to publish uh, the sixth book in the Jackrabbit series, and that will be 30. Um, with my husband, we're getting ready to publish the fourth book um, in that series. Plus, we had a Christmas on top of that. So I'll, we'll be at 35 with um, the series that I co-write. So 35, but I really, I, it depends what you consider, you know, what I wrote. Because I do, I do work um, in with, the, you know, my husband, but it's just not all me doing it so i think you still get credit for it yeah thanks that's what he <laughs> says which is very sweet well and i've loved meeting you and i hope you'll come back on this show or one of our other 26 shows I, i'm going to spotlight you now and if you can give your contact information for people who can't read the banner how can people get in touch with you and who would you like to reach out okay um sure you can go to my website that's the easiest and that's www.annecharles.com. And there's no E on it, and so just A N N C H A R L E S.com. And if you go there, you can find all the different books with the description about them and the retailers where you can, you know, click a link and go to that retailer. You can also find um, my connect page where if you want to sign up for my newsletter, you can go in and put your name and um, email address. And I don't spam you and I don't share your information. And I'm I struggle to get a newsletter out once a month. So probably once every two months, you can figure on something from me safely. Uh, and then there's also a blog on that where I have past interviews I've done um, and we have collection per year. Um, and we put the newsletters that I have sent out in the past out there as well in the blog section. I don't actively write in the blog because I'm on social media like Facebook and um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok I'm building. So I'm out there on many different social media fronts too. And that's where I'm more active rather than keeping up with the blog. Um, I would love to do all of it everywhere, but at some point I have to write and then also spend time with the family. So I can't do that much um, on my website as well. So those are the easiest ways to find me and connect with me. And you can always email me at ann at annecharles.com and um, send me an email too. And I, sometimes it takes me a little bit to get back. If I'm in the middle of getting a book ready or, or something, it might take a few days. Sometimes it might take a week or so, but I do get back. I go back through my emails and get back with everybody. Well, you've made it easy for people to find you. So please do reach out. I'm going to, I think I already signed up for the newsletter. I'm not sure, but I'm going to, and then I'm also going to go in and buy my first book from you. So uh, oh, thank you. I, yeah, that's exciting. So thank you again for being here. And again, you're welcome to come back and join us again. I would love to, you guys were wonderful. And um, I, I want to look, learn more about Red and all your mental health thing are the food and everything because it sounds like it's been amazing for Jacqueline and yeah as I hit midlife I need all the help with diet and managing this body <laughs> that I can get because things are just falling off like a rusty old car right now so I will be sure to check back and, and with you too Jacqueline and I'd love to talk with you guys again thank you for having me on here Thanks thank you so much take care bye for now bye bye all right, Red, I'm going to spotlight you for you, you to give your contact information and then I'll meet you over in the other studio. Looking forward to it, Dr. Jacqueline. Uh, RedOlaughlin.com, for those people who can't read the screen, if you're on the audio portion of uh, USA Global TV and Radio today, it's red, like the color, R-E-D, O-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. O -L -A -U -G -H -L -I -N. So Red O'Laughlin, R-E-D, O-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N.com. All my contact information is there, and I'm on most of the social media sites. It's very, very difficult, very difficult not to find me uh, because there's not too many Red Laughlin's out there. But uh, please go there, and you'll be able to get my phone number, email, whatever you need to have in order to, to reach me. All right, sir. Thank you very much. I'll close out the show and see you shortly. 
Okay, and I will send you a quick uh, text and we'll be ready to go again here in just literally a few minutes. So take care right. and nice to see you again, Dr. Jacqueline. Bye now. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you to each and every one of you who are watching our shows, whether it's on the live or the replay. Most of our audience watches at their convenience, as they should. We're just glad that you're listening or that you're watching. We do have our radio channels as well. For more information, please go over to our website, usaglobaltv.com. If you'd like to follow me, in addition to being the president and the founder of USA Global TV and the executive producer and the director and the lead host, I also have another business, which is Dr. Jacqueline LLC, where I am a certified life and career coach, a certified meditation teacher, and a certified yoga instructor. And I am also the listening mentor. I teach people how to listen at an elevated level. And if you're not sure what that means, it might mean that you're not listening. And you can learn how to listen without judging other people, without interrupting other people, without stealing the stage from someone. And of course, without judging or coming up with a solution. All right, that's all for now. Please stay with us as our next show comes up. It's Talking Heads, as you just heard with Red O'Laughlin. I'll be producing the show backstage. Thank you, and thank you to Anne, and thank you to each and every one of you.